It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome. It is the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. The gang is all here. The love man is here. Yes, Avery, that would be you. WABC's love man. Diego is here. Scott is here. And, of course, your host, James Golden, is here. We expect to hear from Derek Hunter, our good friend, the fellow broadcaster from down there near the uh, nation's capital. And, of course, later in the program, America's small caffeinated mom. And you, if you dial 800-848-WABC, 848-WABC. We will have a ticket giveaway a little bit later on in the program, too. And a lot to do. It is uh, There's news, some of it very serious, some of it extremely, I don't know whether you would call it serious or not, but other things. The whining over Twitter, the whining. Elon Musk has taken away the the uh, the free verification blue check from people. These people are whining. He wants eight bucks a month. These people are whining. The one of the whiners is the actress, the left wing actress Alyssa Milano. I've never seen anything that she's in. I don't think, or if I have, I didn't know it was her. And it was not notable. She's one of the ones whining. So by revoking my blue check mark because I wouldn't pay some arbitrary fee, someone can just be me and say a bunch of bull blank. Does that mean Twitter and Elon Musk are liable for defamation or identity theft or fraud? Uh, yeah. Why don't you take that one to court, Alyssa? Find out, huh? Pay the $8. Stop being so cheap. Did you lose your blue check? I paid the $8. I never had a blue check. I didn't want one until Elon Musk came. And then when he said, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll give you one for eight bucks a month. I said, hey, put me in. I'll take one. Cause I like the new Twitter. Up until then, I refused to get one. I didn't have to verify with Twitter to be who I am. My 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 folks knew who I was. But when Elon came, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll buy a blue check from you. I like you. I want to support Twitter. Bette Midler, Elon took my blue check away. I'm unverified. After all these years and thousands of tweets and free content, this worm has the nerve to decertify me. Oh, please, get over yourself. (sighs) And then I'm looking to see whose name this is. Somebody tweeted, somebody named Pepper. They called Elon Musk that little biatch. That little biatch Elon Musk finally did it. He took away my check mark. I'm never going to pay for this S platform, be the way. And uh, then somebody, he moved, whoever this person is, moved his account to private. You know, others that have been complaining, like William Shatner, 
Elon is paying the eight bucks for him. He said, I'll pay for him. Can you imagine? I mean, okay, whatever. Uh, let's see. Scott, you watched the mainstream news last night, didn't you? I did, because you were talking about uh, whether or not any of the things you talked about would be in the mainstream news. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go grill and watch the news. So I did. And? And they didn't mention a single thing you said they wouldn't mention, not even in passing. Because I was like, you know, it starts off, I'm like, Oh, they're just not. They're not teasing it in the headlines. They're not teasing that, but they'll 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 mention it. And then you know you you get in, and then they throw a couple climate change stories in, and obsessed with the abortion pill. Of course, they didn't know what to say once the abortion ruling came out the way they quote unquote wanted it. Then they didn't know what to. Then you know. Then there's no story there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what did I say yesterday that they wouldn't cover? I said the whistleblower. In the, right. Yeah. I said that, that, folks, in case you don't know this, the IRS, there's an IRS whistleblower that has accused Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States of America, of pretty much interfering with the Hunter Biden investigation. In any other country, this would be front-page news. And as I said yesterday, this is why... Those of you that are conservative, when you know the news because you listen to it from reliable sources like yours truly, and you hear news, you say, oh, my goodness, this is serious. And you then go out and you mention something to your left-wing friends. Your left-wing friends have that look in their face, that deer-in-the-headlight look like, what are you talking about? And then they call you a kook, and they call you a nut. I never heard of anything like that. I never heard of anything. Oh, you're just making this up. Well, that's because the American mainstream press is extremely derelict in their duty. They are purposely avoiding stories, news items that don't suit their ideological objective, which is to keep Joe Biden in power. This is a front-page news story. You have a whistleblower. Whether the, whether the story has legs to it or not, whether this person is later accused of lying about it and proven to lie about it or not, the accusation from an insider that the Attorney General of the United States has been involved in trying to put his finger on the scale of justice one way or another for Hunter Biden is legitimate news. There was also a second story that I talked about that wouldn't make the news. This is unbelievable when you think about it. It has been learned, and we reported this yesterday, that Secretary of State Antony Blinken was the driving force behind a pre-election letter designed to influence the election. This letter was signed by 51 former intelligence officials. And this letter claimed that the Hunter Biden laptop story was Russian disinformation, which was a lie. Here you have serious members of the United States Intelligence Committee going out right before an election 
the Intelligence Committee, saying, hey, this, this thing you're hearing about Hunter Biden, it's all a lie. It's Russian disinformation. Right before an election, we now learn that the Secretary of State, the sitting Secretary of State, and it makes you wonder, was his appointment part of a payback for doing this? The sitting Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, was the driving force behind that letter, that lie to the American people. And yet, not a thing about this on the mainstream news last night either, or in the mainstream outlet. There is a story today in the New York Post about that. And it says that the spy letter about Hunter Biden shows how Democrats are undermining democracy. Well, unless you read the New York Post, if unless you listen here, unless you read a few of the other uh, publications that are less well-known, that mostly people on the right read on a regular basis, you're not going to know a thing about it. You're going to go out, you're going to go to some movie or something, go to a play with one of your left-wing friends. And, you know, these left-wingers, they always always want to talk politics unless you want to talk politics. And they'll tell you something, oh, Joe Biden's just wonderful. Aren't you so happy we got rid of that evil Donald Trump? And you'll say, yeah, by the way, did you know that uh, that Hunter Biden laptop story, did you know? that the Secretary of State got 51 intelligence people to lie about that before the election and say it was disinformation. And your friend will look at you and they'll say, oh, here you go again. You're always coming up with something. No, of course I didn't hear about that. You're making it up. You're making it up. This is a sorry state. A sorry state. U.S. journalism is corrupt. If I were working for the mainstream press, if I were working for those of you over at the New York Times, you're a few blocks away on the west side, how can you stand to go to work when you know your newspaper is not doing good journalism? Are you proud of your newspaper? Washington Post, the same. Politico, the same. Are you proud? Those of you at the CBS Broadcast Center down there doing news on 57th Street, I know some of you employees that may be on your way to work right now. Are you proud of your network? They're not telling you the truth about the news. Hey, Derek, how you doing this morning? I'm okay. I was listening to you. I was, I've been up, but I wanted to give you a little bit of room to breathe. Well, thank you. I Set the table, if you will, when I come in and just chew up the scenery and eat everything. Yeah, well, it sounds like you're still almost like, like laid back, half sleeping this morning. Do you have a good night, Derek? I did. I watched Star Trek Picard's finale, which was awesome. I caught up on Ted Lasso. And, Who? Uh, can't remember Star what Trek I, what? Picard. 
you know, from the next generation. The original series is probably so was more it, you. Was that um, – because I tried to watch the first season of okay. Picard and was just bored, just teared. Did you like The Next Generation? Love The Next Generation. One of my favorite you shows of all time. You were bored by the first season. I was bored by oh, the second season. I could season. not get through. I didn't try it. But then I heard that the third season was nothing like the other two. And that, No, and the third season and that, is – And that I should watch the third season. All right, I'm a t- total geek. All the chicks out there are about to fall asleep. <laughs> I get completely, like, you guys are nerds. Um, the third season, if you remember Deep Space Nine, it was absolutely kind of boring. It was, it was like very slow. Administrative yeah, yeah. show. And right. then the war happened, right? And with the Dominion, you're like, oh, my God, this is, now it's awesome. Third season is that. And it's got okay. all the characters you remember from the next generation, literally everybody from the next generation. So I don't remember any of them. Never watched well, well, you don't remember you Data? James. Oh, I remember Data. Okay, well then you you, you do remember. So I saw remember. him in one or two shows. Would I be lost if I just watched the third season? And no, didn't go you would be through? grateful okay. if you skipped the second season. But if you okay. didn't see, my best friend didn't like the first season, but loved the second season. I loved the first season. I thought the second season was boring. So, I actually yeah. have to admit, I watched one of the episodes of Picard. I watched something about something about Data being something something. It was like. <sighs> you know, Whatever. Like you you missed a calling from... as a film reviewer, Jay. <laughs> something, I don't know, it junk. It was, it was, it was some, on there, I don't data know. Data did something. It was Data not being, I don't even know how to explain it. It was about Data, but Data wasn't even in it until the end. And then, I don't know, it was so convoluted. I'm like, what the, I kept falling asleep on it and then waking up and then trying to figure out what was going on. Maybe you try watching it from beginning to end whilst awake. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you might get something from it. It was too boring. Everybody else will like it. Okay. And I liked the first season, the season of Ted Lasso. Ted I was Lasso. talked into Ted Lasso. It's a great show. It is a great Yeah, show. but then I had no desire to see the second season. You just aren't a fun person. There's something fundamentally something wrong happens, with Something happens, Derek. Something who, happens who between goes? the first... James, it's not you're, like, you're it's like not this like is the best meal the... I've this is the best meal I've ever had. This is my favorite food. Never serve it to me again. Who's who says that? It's like it was a good show, but it's like okay, I'm satiated with it. Enough, thank you. I don't want to see Ted Lasso anymore. <laughs> you didn't see how they would earn their um, back into the first yeah, division. You didn't want to see that. Look, I'm sure the I audience didn't care. I didn't glass. care. I've even forgotten. That's like watching I... Seinfeld. This is really funny, but you know what? I've had enough. Thank yeah. you, thank you, Scott. That's exactly it. <laughs> it was really good. I'm not saying that's okay. I've, I've had enough. Using it as an analogy. But it's, it's like true. going out on a. Let me put it in terms that James will understand, since he's a ladies' man. It's going out with a beautiful lady. And no, Avery's the ladies. Man. Wonderful time. And then you say, are you going to call her? No, I'm not. It was too much fun. There's no way to top the fun we had, nor even achieve it again, because it was Neil Armstrong, first man on the moon sort of stuff. And once you, you've met somebody, you can't re-meet them for the first time. It was magic. So I shall let this potential love of my life go, and uh, I'll go fall asleep watching Data, trying to figure out what Data is and be angry at the world. That's is this your your typical Saturday afternoon? I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Not Kids quite. Today. Kids today. <laughs> you know? Okay, I have a political question, and we have to take a break. Here's right. the political question. Chris Christie is now seeking, according to news headlines, to topple 
Ron DeSantis as the chief rival to Donald Trump. Are going to belly Chris, Oh, we. You know, I didn't want to say this. The Twitter feed on Chris Christie's stories is painful to read. I have never seen so many jokes about a single politician as I see about Chris Christie, and they're not fun jokes. Either. No, they're mean, they're terrible, and you know, I'm concerned for the man because I've never seen anybody have gastric bypass surgery and gain weight. There's something <laughs> fundamentally wrong with that, so I'm, medically there's a concern. <laughs> you mean? I'm not mean. I'm honest in a way that You're other people mean. are afraid to be. You're... Oh, WABC Talk Radio. Am I wrong? <laughs> Am I wrong? No, I'm not. WABC Talk Radio 77. That was so mean. 800-848-WABC. Uh, 800-848-WABC. We are you coming have back. To eat if the, you've got a stomach the size and, of your thumb. And, uh, are you just <laughs> filling it with lard? Like, what are you, how do you gain weight? Hey, hey, Derek, man, you got a real problem with fat people, man. No, I don't. I have a problem with fraud. <laughs> this, this is the second week in a row. Oh, oh you ain't heard nothing yet. Hey, don't go, to, don't go down south, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, I, there have been members of my family with a gravitational pull. Middle, or middle America or something. Like, I'm telling you, they're going to corner you. I'll never go to Disney, so don't, there wasn't an issue anyway. But no, it, it, come on, man. Don't what go to, don't go to a Walmart. His, talk about his brilliant strategy. Talk about his bridge policy. I mean, what are you going to talk about, Chris Christie? <laughs> We're coming back right after this. Don't go away. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. The Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Ah, yes. This is an iconic song. Derek, this song was way before you were born. I, I was forcibly raised on old-style country. Every time oh. my mother uh, was driving, which mercifully wasn't, I guess it was semi-often. But uh, she, Alabama, the Oak Ridge Boys, Conway Twitty, Charlie Pride, Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton, all that stuff. It's seared into my brain. So it is not something that is, you know, Glenn Campbell is not something that is unfamiliar to me. All right. I love this song. This song to me is just such a beautiful, beautiful composition. Now, Glenn Campbell, the reason we're playing it, 1936. 1936? His birthday. Oh. Today? I did not know that Glenn Campbell spent a lot of his time as a studio musician. I did. He's playing playing guitar on Frank Sinatra's... um, 
Strangers in the Night. We played the Righteous Brothers the other day. He's playing guitar on You Lost That Loving Feeling. He played on The Monkees. He played with Bobby Darren, Ricky Nelson. A lot of those guys from back then were, were session guys who just toyed with songwriting and then, you know, discovered that you could they could sing. They, you, you, they're legend now, but they're, they weren't, they were popular in their genre. They're way more popular now, even though they don't sell that many records. There's kind of like the people who are late to the party to a, a band that you liked since they were on an indie label and suddenly... They make it big, and everybody goes, oh, yeah, I love that. I'm like, no, you, you made fun of me in high school for wearing the T-shirt of this band. But um, <laughs> it was, he, I, this, this, he's way more I'm popular sorry, now, realistically, than he was when he was alive. Because he was, having a number one country record was certainly an Oh, but this went beyond country. This, I know this was that, played everywhere. Was, this was a top 40 hit, right? It was. He, he wasn't, it didn't catapult him to continued fame and fortune like every like rock and roll the, the who, right so like he didn't hit. become hit after hit after hit right although it, it enabled them have... to all be drunks you know george okay, jones but, but could, his two could absolutely be afford his beer his two big hits <clears throat> by the time i get to phoenix which is another iconic hit that one you know isaac hayes does a version of that one that's really good he did a cover on it Mm-hmm. And this one, Wichita Lyman. Cool and the Gang did an instrumental version of Wichita Lyman. Spike Mickens playing trumpet. That's you really awesome. You are missing probably his biggest hit. Like a rhinestone cowboy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That one was that everywhere. Still. That one. Yeah, like I'm not saying, wow, what, it, it what, really warms but, my heart. Okay, it makes so me want to go what, put on sequins or anything, but it is. One of those songs that was everywhere and is still sort of ubiquitous when you hear it. Everybody knows it. Nobody knows where they know it from. Even if they weren't alive at the time, they all kind of go right along with it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man, Driver says Glenn Campbell was part of the Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thank you, Miss Churchill. Um, let's see. Okay, some other stories. Derek, this one's right up your alley, I think. Remember we were talking last week and you were so mean to that woman who was overweight and wanted to have, you know, more room on the plane? Yeah. Remember that, Derek? You were very mean. And, in fact, that led to Dr. Nicholas calling, which we were so happy about. Right, and I sent you a text message that you did not object to. I didn't say that glandular issues are not true whatsoever. I'd say that suddenly we have somebody put something in the food supply to ruin people's thyroid glands if it was all glandular. I'm willing to allow the fact that there's a percentage of it that is medical. There's also a percentage of it that is McDonald'sical. (laughs) There he goes again. Okay, so this one, this is another Southwest flight. There's a viral video that's going around. A man is having a tamper, a temper tantrum, rather, profanity-laced temper tantrum because a baby was crying and would not be quiet. Now, this was a plane bound uh, for Fort Lauderdale, 
and the flight was in air. It had to be rerouted to Orlando because of weather conditions. Got bumpy, got a little uncomfortable. Out of nowhere, this man pipes up, shut that baby up. And it went downhill from there. Four and a half minutes. He says, why is this baby yelling? I'm not screaming. Want me to scream? Out. Blanking scream. Please, stop the baby. We're in a blinking tin can with a baby in a blinking echo chamber. Can you lower that voice? I paid for a ticket to have a blinking comfortable comfortable flight. That child has been crying for 40 minutes. Finally, they found another seat for the poor woman and her baby. Um, um, but have you been on that flight, the flight from hell, where a baby cries the entire flight? And, I mean, if, if you do not have children, if you're not used to the sound of babies crying, it is really, it is penetrating. It is rough to handle. And when you have a baby that cries, I mean, I have been that person, except I didn't yell out. I was just like, would somebody please stick a pacifier in that baby's mouth? <laughs> would somebody please, do you have any duct tape? Do you have anything? Oh, I mean, I'm the one duct tape that kid's head shut. I'm no, but I never said it. I, <clears throat> I was just thinking it because it was, that sound is That's a worse. piercing sound. You're the type sound. of person who breaks. I've been on that flight. I've never been, been on, on that, that flight. flight. Now I'm afraid to fly because it'll be my next flight. But I've been on the flight with jerks, but I've never been on the flight and, and crying babies, but not to the point that it drove you to break. No, I have God been on a flight with where a ba- for a reason. I've been on a flight where a baby cried nonstop for over an hour, and it just it drives you insane. But imagine being the the parent. I know. You know you're That's why I would never say anything. You know the parents don't like this either. Then you're mortified. You're embarrassed. My kids throw a fit in Target, and I'm just like, oh, geez, come on. Can I buy a blanket and throw it over them in the cart? Like, what what can I do here? What can you do? I'll tell you what you can do when your kid throws a kid a fit in Target. You whack their hiney. And oh, you yeah. take them out of the store. No, I get it. And you no, stop I'm them from about terrorizing people. My kids know the look. My kids know the clenched teeth yell. You know, the one I used to get from my mom. When we get home, you're going to get the, it's like the <laughs> jaw. They got locked jaws sewed together. But, man, I'm going to. And they know that. And they shut up. But it is still embarrassing. Especially, I mean, we're dealing with an infant. You can't. Right. You can't rationalize with an infant. It's hungry. It's a It's a crying poop machine. Until they're like six months, and then they, you can make them laugh, and you go, "Oh wow, they're they're sentient. That's interesting." And then they become interesting, and you can kind of distract them with with shiny objects. But when they're a kid, you don't. They can't go. My back hurts, or I've, I've got an uncomfortable poop or gassy or whatever it is. They don't. You don't know, and you're just looking at it, going, "I'll pat it on the back. I'll rock it around. Like something will jar loose and fix whatever the problem is, because you have no idea what it is." When you I held my little grandson, little bit of empathy for them, but you do I at my, a certain point you do want to say, "Well, you shut the kid up, come on." <laughs> I'll never believe they tried everything. Something works at home. I promise you, something works at home. Do it at home. Do what you do. At I will home. tell you this: I have never heard a baby cry louder than my grandson does. It is astounding to me. And his mom and dad said when he was delivered, um, and he came out, 
And that first cry, everybody in the room turned around and looked like, what alien <laughs> creature is this? He is loud. He cry, He's loud. I love that little boy so much already. He's loud. But, uh, okay, we're going to take a break. Have you been on that flight? If you have been on that flight with the crying baby, 800-848. Oh, the guy's wife, by the way, was sitting next to him looking like, oh, M.G. I am married to this jerk. He's embarrassing me. Uh, yeah, I got another text on that. If your ears pop, okay, if your ears pop when you're flying, can you imagine how much it hurts and scares a baby when their ears are popping? Absolutely. A baby has an attention span of about three seconds, though. They should get over it. I, I'm not giving a baby pass on that one. D-E-R, that's Derek Hunter. Address <laughs> the look, Come on, you put a, a pacifier, Derek. a bottle in his mouth, and the ears pop, and you're distracted. Shake some keys in the kid's face. Do something. Derek Hunter. James How long Golden is somebody H- supposed to be traumatized by their ears popping? We'll be back in a moment. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. My instant messages are blowing up. This one says, tell Derek he's crazy. Uh, the other like says, Im- imagine how the baby feels. Where's the grace? Where's the tolerance? What did I say that it? was like, get the baby? You're the one who said, get the baby. I'm just I sitting there see. not giving the baby a pass for an hour crying because they, their ears popped. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sting and the police come back. This never gets old. I, you know, do you know? Hey, Derek, you know what? You know what Sting did before he was became this world famous musician. He was a school teacher. Yeah, a literature teacher. Mm-hmm. I think it shows in his writing. I really, I really admire a lot of the things that he's come up with over the years. Gordon. I mean, I know he's a big leftist and all of that, but I mean, so I mean, who cares. He's, he's he's good, and if you think about what the police did with three people in the band, three with a trio, exactly. And what's amazing to me is they are one of the bands who left more money on the table than anybody else. Yeah, they ended up hating each other. God, they hated each other. But all they had to do was play together, right? They reached a point even now. They don't have to ride on a tour bus or ride in a van to go to their gigs together. They could reunite and do a tour where they just fly there. They see each other at soundcheck. They have their staffs decide on the set list, and then they do the show and then get away from each other. They hate each other so much they can't do that. 
they won't do that, whatever it is. And they, maybe they made so much money that they have FU money and they're like, you know what, I don't care. But it, it seems like with every other band in the world that seemingly made enough money that coming back together, that the police could do that. There's a demand for it. You think at some point nostalgia would kick in and then you go, God, that's right, that's why I hate that guy. But I'm going to not see him again until Cleveland so I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to deal with it. I can get it have when you're you a smaller been see- band. Have right. you been seeing all the stuff that's going on with Journey? No. Oh, whoa, whoa. I know whoa. they fired Steve Perry and replaced him with the uh, karaoke singer from the, the fil- Philippines or whatever. Then let's, here we go. Not nice again. The karaoke how the singer. Hell was, he was, that's how they discovered him. The- like He sounded like exactly like Steve Perry because he was doing karaoke of Journey songs. <laughs> Am I wrong? You're not wrong about okay, that, but he's more why, than a karaoke singer. He was playing in a Journey cover band. He wasn't necessarily doing karaoke. Okay, it's not much better. Beatlemania <laughs> did not go and get the guy playing John Lennon to come in and say, you know what, we got some space. But anyway. <clears throat> this Journey thing, they have gone legal with each other. You know, it's There's gotten to the point of injunction. No, no, this is some... This is a whole nother deal. It's, I'll have to dig out the details. It's ugly, and it is personal. So, you know, I saw Journey. I went to a rehearsal a few years ago. Um, Omar was playing with them for uh, for a brief period of time when their drummer was out, and um, I went to a rehearsal. Oh, they are amazing. They sound amazing. It's just sad to see. But, you know, I guess it can happen, you know. I mean, Wait, who is stays? It, is this a lawsuit between Steve Perry and the band, or is it a No, not Perry. The this is the, but... No, this is the band. It's it's the guitarist, and it's Neil Schoen and one of the other members. Jonathan Neil Schoen and Jonathan Cain are, um, versus the bass player and the drummer. The bass, I know, I don't know all the details, but I know the bass player and the drummer wanted to take full legal control of the band. But um, uh, Cain and Schoen got like last minute control of it and was were able to fire them and now replace them with um with uh a couple other people. <laughs> it's a mess. So it's all about it's a who mess. can tour on the it's it's kind of necrophilia in a way. They want to ride that band's what? name into the end. Oh it's dead. It's like at a certain point the the temptations touring. There are no temptations <laughs> in the temptations, Stop it. right? But, There's one left. Uh, is, is he touring? Is he part of the, the founding thing? member? Or Neil Schoen. Nursing help. Neil. You know? uh, Journey is Neil Schoen, in my opinion. Uh, Steve, he was part of Journey before Steve Perry was even in it. So, so Journey is Neil Schoen. Um, and by the way, I think I think the bassist is now um, Randy Jackson, uh, American Idol, right? Oh, cool. Yeah, he toured with them in the '80s. Man. Let's talk about building the wall. Remember all that stuff about building the wall and how how liberals hate building walls? I do. Guess who's building a wall? A liberal. The Oprah. The Oprah. The Oprah, her neighbors are reportedly upset. She's building a wall near her property, and she's building a wall to stop flooding near her property. Now, Oprah has spent a lot of money on this property. We're talking... I don't know, multi, multi millions. I think she bought the original one for 50 million or something like that, then dumped another one. Uh, but anyway, those rains in California have somehow or another affected the property. So she's building a wall. It's sort of a, a and, and now the neighbors are worried that the flood waters, because she's building her wall, 
she's going to divert the water to their property. <laughs> so they're well. Are really any of them Oprah? No, none of them are no. Oprah. So shut up. So I just say build. A- <laughs> so you're just saying build that wall. Build no, that yeah, wall. Look, she's Oprah. Who is going to tell? Who among us is uh, uh, even enough of a person to look Oprah in the eye? You're not allowed to make eye contact with Oprah. There's a great book, probably 15, 20 years old by now, by Peter Schweitzer, one of his earlier books called Do As I Say, Not As I Do, Profiles in Liberal Hypocrisy. And the, it goes through the Kennedys. It goes through Michael Moore. It's it's a really great book. It documents their absolute hypocrisy. But the thesis is that when a conservative is a hypocrite, they're destroyed. It ruins their reputation. Your family values, family values, and then you're going to the bunny ranch. You know, that that sort of hypocrisy. But the hypocrisy on the left actually rewards Leftist Bernie Sanders is the ultimate hypocrite. Why it's okay to be mad about capitalism? Capitalism is terrible. Uh, I'm not sure which one of my mansions I'm going to be at this weekend, but shoot me an email and I'll have my manservant reach you. That sort of hypocrisy. And Oprah is the same way. She, it, everything you need to know about Oprah can be summarized in the last election in Pennsylvania. Think what you will of Dr. Oz as a candidate and obviously he was not a particularly good candidate but he was friends with oprah she uh they worked together she discovered him she sicked him on the world they theoretically got along he was a nominal conservative all she had to do was not say anything she didn't have to endorse the guy but you know if your best friend is running for something do you say you know what i love the guy so i'm not going to get involved we don't agree politically but i'm just not going to get involved no, she came out in favor of Frankenstein instead. And that tells you everything oh, you need to know about go. Oprah. Here we go. That tells you everything you need to know about Oprah. I'm sorry that she... No, it doesn't tell you everything you need to know when about Oprah. When was the last Oprah? time you think Oprah heard the word no from somebody it mattered from? That somebody that where it could actually impact, where it could stick around? I don't know. I don't know Oprah. It's been a while. Do you think Stedman or Gail are telling her no? No. It's, I don't know, and you don't know that either. Sometimes I know that when you get into do. the billionaire range, you have a polluted view of reality and how somebody Wait a can minute. look at their friend. So money, go, you know what? I, what? What? Money doesn't change people, James? So there are no billionaires that are not don't have a polluted sense of reality? No, there aren't. Imagine, let me put it to you this way. There was one, I, I made very little money when I was out of college and for a number of years after that. And then one time, I, I started making some money as a consultant. And I was in a Target. I needed to get, you know, shampoo, conditioner, whatever. And I was in a Target and I realized I just had a good month. I just got a couple of checks in. And I realized that I could buy anything in that Target. Now, the most expensive thing was probably like a $1,500 TV or whatever. But I knew that. At that moment, anyway, I could buy anything in that Target without really it being that big of a deal. Now, normally, if I'm spending a hundred bucks, I could spend a hundred bucks. Still to this day, I get uneasy about it. But I could spend a hundred bucks. I could spend twenty bucks at five different places and not think about it inside of five minutes. But I realized, my God, I could afford anything. Now, I didn't need anything expensive, but I started walking around Target with that sense of, well, I. Why don't I buy this? It wasn't I need this or I even want this. It's why don't I buy this? And it really crept in and polluted my my brain for a moment to the point that I had to force myself to only buy what I wanted. 
or what I needed and get out of there as quickly as possible. Now imagine that feeling everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. There is nothing where, like, I'm going to have to really think about that or I'm going to have to, I'll work hard and save up to get, no, it's like, I want that, buy that. You don't get good service at a restaurant. You buy the restaurant and fire the person. You can do literally anything you want, anything you want without restriction or consequence. That is going to pollute your worldview. It's not a value judgment. I'm not saying it makes somebody a bad person. I'm saying it makes them different. And without an inner circle of people to literally be able to sit there and go, what are you doing? You Stop being a jerk. You will tend to drift towards you get it to, you get it by yourself. You had your inner compass pointed in the right direction after right, you Right, but there. I was talking about a world where I could afford a 50-inch TV. I'm not talking about a world where I could afford to. There's uh, Adam Carolla puts it one way. There's F you money and F me money. F you money is I'm going to spend money to hurt you for a while. F me money is I can spend money to hurt you that hurts me too because I've got so much money I can't really hurt me. <laughs> Where do you come up with this stuff, Derek? Okay, we have some calls. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back with phones, 800-848-WABC. Now that you understand the difference between F you and F me money, <laughs> and I've always wanted to know what was the difference between the two. Okay. Journey takes us in, and we'll be right back. It's been a mystery. Welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. The Doobies. The Doobie Brothers, long train running on WABC Talk Radio 77. Derek Hunter is with us. We have even more reaction, and then we're going to take some calls, so don't go away, right? We're going to come to your calls really quickly. I have more reaction. There's a, a more reaction to Derek just slamming this poor baby that was oh, crying for, for an hour on the plane. And a, a very nice woman writes to me, they have no other way, these poor babies. I made express- that exact point. Look, I love babies from making them mm-hmm. to raising them. They're mm-hmm. they're a lot of fun, more so on mm-hmm. the early end of the spectrum. But you, I did not say they're evil. You're the one who's talking about wanting to scream <laughs> I never said at them. Now you're calling babies evil? They have no other way 
these poor babies to express the problem, their pain, maybe they and their try. Maybe that's why we've set the expectations for babies so low that we give them a free pass. They, they probably <laughs> could again. convey it, but they just won't. And now... Idle little jerks who get boob all the time. It's just not cool. What about the rest of us? We don't get boob all the time. <laughs> and then we have a woman who has drugged her kid before she flies. <laughs> and I'm the demon. I got I'm the this. demon. I got this. I got this from a friend of mine. We gave our son Benadryl. Before he flies, ha ha! The doctor prescribed it, but we. <laughs> what doctor's prescribing? You know what? Two hits of whiskey. That'll shut Junior up. Rick in Elmwood Park, you're you're on WABC. Is that doctor from the seventies that was giving all the rock bands drugs? Is that who he is? Doctor Feelgood. <laughs> oh, hi, Rick. How are you? I'm doing great. Happy Vladimir Lenin's birthday. It certainly is. I'm surprised Scott didn't bring that up. I didn't know. <laughs> okay. I, I would have. <laughs> so What's listen, on your mind, Rick? Can't blame the baby for crying. It found out he was flying southwest. <laughs> <laughs> oh. The baby was probably sitting next to that lady from last week, and she was all up in his face. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Here we go, Rick. Thank you. Great line. Uh, Mickey from New Jersey. How are you, Mickey? Hi, James. I would, if I hear a crying baby, I would actually jump out of the airplane. Every time I see a female postal, postal worker, I tell her, deliver the baby to the guy next door. James. Did you work on that one for a while? Yes, Mickey. Yes, Mickey. Every time I see a woman post office worker, I tell her, I I heard it. Don't quit your day job. You're not going to be a comedic writer. Testing out the material. You know, speaking of which, (laughs) back when Saturday Night Live used to be a funny show, there is an anniversary, 1978, on this day, the Blues Brothers first appeared. They were the first. Of the Saturday Night Crew, uh, John Belushi and, and Dan Aykroyd, they made their debut on this date in 1978. They became the first characters on that show to get their own movie. And I tell you what, those now those were some classic movies. The Blues Brothers, that first one, I think that first uh, is hysterical. Did you ever see that one, Derek, or was that past your... Uh, the Blues Brothers, me. I've seen the Blues Brothers a thousand times. It's great. I love those guys. We're on a mission from God. Yes. Dark out, 200 miles of Chicago, half tank gas, half pack of cigarettes, and uh, we're wearing it, uh, it, dark it, out it. we're wearing sunglasses. Yeah. It, it. Everybody's here. Wow. What kind of okay. music you got here normally? Well, I got both kinds, country and western. <laughs> he remembers the lines. That's How do scary. you not? It's one of those movies. I don't remember the lines. I just remember yeah, the good movie. you can't even remember one episode of Star Trek Picard you watched two days ago. So It had something to do with data. Well, that narrows <laughs> it down to every episode. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and why would you name something data anyway? That's Anyway, um, Star Trek was always like a weak second to Star Wars. Ugh. It's like, who watches? What? Uh, what? What? 
I like do, so. Wait, so you can have an in-depth so discussion about serious? the world of Star Wars? Wait a minute. Hold I watched on The Mandalorian once. last night too. You want to catch up on that? I'm sure you the audience don't tell is me absolutely riveted by my television viewing habits, but I didn't see the last one of The Mandalorian, so don't spoil. Okay. Wait a minute, Scott. How can you dare sit here and complain and say that they're not even the same? They're not even the same genre of show, honestly. Star Wars. That's right. Star Wars is real science fiction. Star Trek was, I don't know what Star okay, Trek it is was. Science it's fiction, it was whereas so Star Trek lame. is science fiction. People used to it's watch futuristic Star science based on fact. They are, yes. There are things like uh, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, which says you can never know where a uh, molecule is at any given moment or where, which direction it's going. But to, to make the transporters, they created something bogusly called the Heisenberg compensator. To make, they, they base it in science, whereas Star Wars, they just go light speed whenever they want. I love Star Wars. They go light speed, and there's no explanation whatsoever about how they're able to achieve light speed without reaching infinite Because nobody but you is going to remember that line about the Heisenberg, whatever it is, anyway. Maybe not, but uh, I mean, seriously, me really appreciate it. The only reason people used to watch Star Trek is so they could see Uhura's legs. <laughs> and then they wanted to see which color alien Kirk was going to sleep with. That's it. Yeah, this is the guy with first interspecies. Made... I don't like the original series. It looks like something I could have made with some spray paint and cardboard. But the next generation is excellent. And the Borg are probably the greatest enemy of really any science fiction I don't even know who the movie. Borg are. All I remember was the Klingons or something. Some people and I mean, how is that for a name? A Klingon. I cling on good. I mean, yeah, Proud people with, that? with that... a long history. That took a long time to come up with. Well, what do we call what do we call the the opposition for us? I know. Let's call them Klingons. They cling on. Yeah. They, so the the Empire is really digging deep into the basket of originality for a name of bad guys' names. Yeah. What are y'all talking about? Like, how much airtime is Star Trek gonna get on this show? I did. It's not my show, man. This like I the, didn't have anything. I wasn't even in town that month. What I showed is this up like to talk the, politics? And the now AV? I'm getting. The AV club, the chess club in high school, y'all talking. <laughs> I can, I can see all the listening is going to be able to kiss a girl for like a week. I can We've see all the cheerleaders. The I can thing. see all the cheerleaders walking by y'all, y'all, y'all group, just going, "Who are those kids?" Yeah, <laughs> somebody's eating paste over there. Yeah, James. Yeah, <laughs> watching Star Wars. What did you watch, Avery? That you can talk about on radio. <laughs> Anything I like with Star Wars. I mean, look, it's it's cool stuff, but look how much airtime it's gotten. Okay, I like Ted Lasso. <laughs> Ted Lasso, <laughs> James Golden. We're coming back. Our number two. Thank you, Derek. Derek Hunter. Thank you, James. Turn turn the page already. <laughs> Down we'll with babies. Back. Top of the hour news. More babies, fat people, and Star Trek. After this, 800-848-WABC is the number to call on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Coming back. Don't go away. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to our number duo. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Still getting a lot of messages about this poor baby that was crying for an hour on Southwest. Man starts yelling and cussing at the baby and 
shut it up, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and then we get, I won't call your name, my friend who drugged her baby with Benadryl, supposedly under doctor's orders. But then I get it, they they can't clear pressure in their ears, the Benadryl helps. So I I didn't know that. And how does anybody? Anyway, I'm I'm not going to argue with people that know because I don't know. I didn't know you could drug babies with Benadryl. Um, <laughs> what else are you drugging your babies with? This stuff starts early. Hey, Danny, I got to ask you a question here, and I don't want to get you in trouble. Is is here from the sports? We got another one of these stories, and there are a bunch of them. I'm on, I've only picked one. We have um this whole this whole trans thing in women's sports. We now have a story that came out of Wisconsin where apparently a grown trans person came into a women's sports uh, shower with underage girls. And this thing is now, people are demanding, a, a legal firm has gotten involved and they're demanding that Wisconsin, the school district out there, do something about the students' privacy rights, these underage girls who were in the shower when this man comes in there with his dangly. Um, I don't want you, I'm not asking for your opinion. I'm just asking, you, you follow sports news. You, you, you follow sports a lot. Are these stories increasing? Do you see a trend? Is there something? What do you anticipate? politically is happening here will this is this just going to continue to go on ad infinitum or at some point do you think that some of these lawsuits are going to force some kind of a national policy well here's this incident that you're referring to it has nothing to do necessarily with comp- competitive sports it's more right. of an outs off the field off the court issue so i think there are going to be two lanes of progress here there will be one Title IX specific avenue where there will probably be some changes to how certain, maybe it's in a school or in a certain competitive governed body will handle things like this where there are trans competitive athletes. And then there will be the avenue that actually deals with who is allowed to compete on the field, on the court. So I see it progressing not in a unified lane. It will, it will split off. It'll deal with how do you deal with trans athletes mingling with other athletes of the same gender identity while you also look at, okay, how do we govern who is eligible to compete on the field, on the court? That's what you've been seeing with the international governing athletic organizations and the story in Wisconsin. This is more a story that will fall into the hands of actual government, government officials, lawmakers. So there will be the lawmaker side and there will be the athletic commission body side. Do you expect over the next few years that this is, are we going to see a resolve? Are these, is this coming up to the surface so often now that it is going to force these state, these commissions to actually come up with something on how to, Danny, I've always thought that the easiest way, I'm not trying to, I don't, again, I don't want to take you out of your comfort zone as a journalist here, but I've always thought the easiest way to solve this is, is fairly simple. You have trans, in fact, there was an event. This past week, it was just strictly a trans athlete competition where trans athletes competed against themselves. There's another story in the news today about, I forget the sport, but um, a, one, a girl says that she was, had a concussion 
because she was hit so hard by a male, um, a transgendered athlete that overpowered her and gave her a concussion. Now, when I read it, I said, mm, okay, but I mean, athletes get concussions when they play in with same sex. It doesn't, so that's not necessarily going to be a deciding factor, but at some point, I mean, this just can't go on forever. At some point, they, there is going to have to be, I assume, something that says, okay, here's the solution. It, the thing is, with that story, I think it's a good example because you have instances where there are competitors on the field who are transgender, but the percentage of trans athletes, let alone trans people, is so low compared to the general population. I think it's really hard and you're going to be really hard-pressed to find a consistent policy in a whole state, let alone the whole country. I think it'll be a case-by-case basis. And as I told you a couple weeks ago, it'll be a sport-by-sport basis because you can't govern wrestling the same way you govern basketball, the same way you govern baseball, the same way you govern track and field. So it's going to depend on the sport and also the needs of the community as a whole, whether it's a transgender male or a transgender female. Will I will I foresee it becoming more of an issue? I don't know because, again, you hear these isolated incidents. It's not a cluster, so to speak, and they're so geographically diffused that it's not all happening in the same place. So I think it'll progress at its own place at various levels and areas in the country. Speaking of this, did you see that viral video of those two kids wrestling two boys? One goes to shake his hand, the other clocks yes, him and I saw just that. knocks him out? I saw that. That other kid has been, I think, arrested, or or at least he's uh, going to face some legal charges for assault for that. Yeah, it's I, just like, that was that was terrible. I mean, just from a sportsmanship level, obviously that's just egregious. But that from just a simple humanity aspect, the sucker punch was totally unwarranted. I was shocked at what uh, shocked at how fast and how hard he hit this kid. I feel terrible for the for the poor young man who was struck, and you know, obviously the striker should be held in full well the striker says he was angry he was angry that he that does not excuse a punch i've been angry too at sports i've played plenty of sports in my day be ready at all times be ready at all times absolutely that's the first thing they teach you in from little league to to you know grow be ready at all times yeah but that was really that's what they teach you now you have to be on guard at all times against I i remember playing little league football when you won and you had to go and you know slap hands with the other team they told you, keep your helmet in your hands. Be ready. Really? Yeah. What is... And then even so, in, in boxing, they tell you, protect yourself at all times. Is the idea of good sports... And, and listen to how... You got me even thinking. Good sportsmanship. We used to... I'm surprised if someone hasn't attacked that. Is that a thing of the past, this idea of good sportsmanship? Or is it is it still present? It depends. I think it depends because, you know, when you do the high five handshake line, I think some kids take it as just a very robotic gesture of, oh, good game, good game, good game, good game. You mumble the words as you high five the other team. There are some instances where maybe the coach doesn't want to do it because the tensions are so high. And then in a sport like wrestling where it's a one-on-one handshake, as you were saying, Avery, I think it could be an instance of you got to be ready just in case somebody pulls a sucker punch or wants to get rough with you. I mean, we see it in professional sports all the time. We saw it in the NBA playoffs. Draymond Green was suspended for what he did to DeMontis Sabonis, and you have people on both sides while Sabonis was being rough or Draymond shouldn't have stepped on him and possibly broken his ribs. So it's just I think the, the from the professionals on down, it's 
it's a really interesting case of do we see this norm devolving. Like if you take wrestling, like say I got my family there, Bo, and my girl there, and you just pick me up and dump me on my head, just rub rub the whole mat with me, drag me all over the gym, and then pet me, and I didn't have I couldn't do nothing about it. Look, you want to give me a minute before you come slap my hand after the match, Bo? And my mom, and my my family will be looking at me like, "You gonna take that?" Hey, so <laughs> like they like they'll co-sign it. Hey, give me a minute, man. Give me a minute, dog. Just give me a minute. Oh man! So I'm telling you, I, it's I, it's bad sportsmanship. Let's chalk it up to bad sportsmanship. I don't know. Okay, so last question. Um, Danny, I don't follow, as you know. I'm too busy doing things that are, oh, don't let me say that. He's a sports <laughs> guy. We Danny, I just don't there. have, yeah, I know. I, Danny, so I guess we're in playoff season for something. The NBA, right? NBA and the NHL. Oh, yeah, that's what you were talking about at the top of the hour. That is basketball right. and hockey, for those who don't know. So who's going to win what? It's real. It's wide open right now. I mean, there's so much going on. I will. I'll stick to the New York teams right now. The Nets are definitely gone. They're down three nothing to the Sixers. The Knicks are up two nothing. A uh, two to one against the Cavaliers. Wait a minute. The Knicks are in the playoffs. Yeah, they are. They're doing really well. Jalen Brunson. When's the last time? When's the last time they were in the playoffs? Two years ago. Oh. Uh no, they look really good, and they're. I mean, they held the Cavs under 80 points the first time all season. A team has scored under 80, and then the Islanders. They were getting beaten badly by the Carolina Hurricanes and then last night they absolutely trounced them 5 to 1 and you know you never think the Islanders would score a, a five goal four goals in the third period but man they really were on fire so shout out to the Isles for a great game and you know they really put themselves back in the series so do, do any of the New York teams have a chance the Islanders have a fighting have a fighting chance the Nets sorry you're gone the Knicks they're probably going to move on i think they have the Cavs number right now. Jalen Brunson looks huh. really good. And they have an assistant coach on their staff who coached a, with Donovan Mitchell when he was in Utah. Apparently he knows all D. Mitch's secrets. So that's how they're holding him within the limits of what they want him to do out there. All right, see, so you sports fans, you got yours today. We can always count on Danny. <laughs> of course, I don't understand a damn thing he said. I don't know who these people are, these names, and who they are. It's like, okay, uh, Demopolis did the thing to... Bukopolis and <laughs> Sabonis. knows all his secrets with Sabonius and Maronius. And so there you go. But okay, I'm glad, Danny, I'm so glad we have you because you make, you make it understandable even for those of us who don't follow. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a good playoff season regardless. It's really the NBA, especially wide open. Okay. Does that mean LeBron's going to win everything again? Well, we don't know. I mean, depends on John Morant's health for the Grizzlies. I mean, he looked good even when the Lakers lost. I think if they keep getting these great games out of Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves. Here we go again with yeah, these names. I'm just going to start throwing names at you. Rui on purpose. On purpose. <laughs> so, so, so who's the big cheese in all of this? Tell me who the big cheese is. Who's the big cheese a little Wisconsin term. Who's the big cheese in the NBA? It's it's tough to really pin it down because, again, the parity this year is so great. Denver Nuggets definitely slept on. They have Nikola Jokic, who's great. The Bucks are always a perennial contender as long as Giannis Antetokounmpo is playing really well. But in the East, the Celtics are the number two seed, but they are looking really strong right now. So I think Philly, Boston, and then in the West, the Nuggets. And I would have to say 
that the Lakers should not be counted out, the Grizzlies are iffy, and the Warriors, you can never count out the defending champs, especially if Steph Curry continues to play how he's been playing. And I just want to give a shout-out to the days going past when I used to care about basketball. Willis Reed recently passed. And I tell you what, Willis Reed, when we were kids, he was a hero. And, uh, wow, Willis Reed brought back, and when I saw that story, I, it just made me sad because Willis Reed was just one of those. I just will always remember that guy limping out. You could tell he was in agony, limping out and still able to lead that team to a championship. He was amazing. And the crazy thing about that game was that he only scored two points, but, I mean, his presence out there was all that was required for the Knicks. I mean, just seeing their their captain out there playing as hard as he was despite the injury, that's that's incredible. And I'm, I, I'm a student of the game, so I know all the all the old legends, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of how I great saw that game. was. And I remember that. I mean, that's one of those things you just remember because when he came out and he was so hurt, it's like, wow. It, that was one of those, like, the movies. It's like, wow, this is courage. Absolutely. I know it's just a basketball game, but it really was. It was a, it was one of those courage moments. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks, Danny. No problem. WABC, Talk Radio 77, James Golden. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Got lots of political news, got your calls, got lots of other news. So don't go away. We're coming right back. Saturday morning, radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Ernie, Chris, Marvin, Rudolph, Kelly, and Ronald. The Isley Brothers from the 6 Plus 6 album. Who's That Lady on W? ABC Talk Radio 77. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Okay, Democrats are vowing. This is a long, long printed story. If you print it out, it comes out to about 10 pages today in today's New York Times. Abortion surges to the center of the 2024 campaign fight. Democrats are vowing to make abortion rights a pillar of their campaigns. While Republicans are caught between their conservative base and a public that generally backs access to the procedure. 
the uh, the the point that the that the New York Times and other liberal groups making that oh, this abortion is a winning issue for us. Well, that's because some Republicans are too afraid to fight back. And look, and and I'm gonna say, I'm not scared of the abortion issue going into 2024. And if Republicans have any sense, they'll stop be mealy mouth about it. Republicans have always been, some have always been too afraid to actually deal with the issue of abortion in the terms that it deserves. You never hear Republicans going into neighborhoods, for instance, where Democrats are going on and on about a woman's right to choose. I'm talking about genocide in the womb. You never hear them break it down in the racial terms that it actually is where these plant parent centers are located, how much business gets done, the harvesting of body parts, of babies, which is something so ghoulish that most of us don't even want to think about it. But it's real. And there are videos to prove how real it is. If you lay down before your enemy and you say, okay, I'm not going to fight you, well, then they're going to win. This is an issue that deserves Republicans to actually stand up and tell the truth and not be afraid of the consequences. If you stand up and you talk about the reason that we're in this position in the first place, Number one, for most people, it is because they did not use some form of concept, concept, con, you know, um, of contraceptive, and this is a convenient form of birth control. That's number one. Of course, not everybody, and I'm not saying everybody. Number two, abortion as a political weapon is used to keep the population of minority groups down in this country, which is what their founder, the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, was all about with eugenics. This is a fact. What goes on in these Planned Parenthood facilities is alarming. There are video of the harvesting of baby parts, body parts. Harvested, dissected, and sold. And there are Planned Parenthood doctors laughing about the process. None of these things have ever made it into a campaign when these Democrats go on and on and on about, about how you're destroying the right to choose. Now, if you want to lay down Republicans and let this, let them define The 2024 campaign this way, that's up to you. But you don't have to. And right now there are videos out here with Planned Parenthood people talking about how lucrative it is to be in the transgender business. Because instead of just a once and done, which is what abortion is, now you have monthly reoccurring costs due to the medications, due to the treatments. And if you start them off in childhood, now you have lifelong patients. 
Those videos exist too. So the New York Times can go on and on about how this is a winning issue. And it is a winning issue if you don't have anybody fighting back. If you actually take the time to dissect their arguments and to tell the truth about it, and you don't have to do this by attacking women who have elected to have this this done. You don't have to attack women. But you can clearly define what is going on here and what the sociological impacts of it are. It's Earth Day today. I don't spend a lot of time on Earth Day because it's another one of these manufactured days that to the left, it's meaningless. But in advance of Earth Day, did you hear about this group? This uh, this group that goes around deflating tires on SUVs and then leaving leaving you nasty notes about how your SUV is hurting society. They hit more than forty SUVs in Boston. Scott, what would you do? If you found somebody deflating the air in your SUV. I don't know. I've asked myself that question. I, I really don't know. Um, I guess it would depend on how big they were. I don't, I don't... <laughs> Diego, you have an SUV. Let's say you have an SUV. You come outside, somebody's deflating the air in your SUV because they say your SUV is hurting the climate. And shame on you for having this SUV that's killing Mother Earth. What would you do? Just they would attack just mine. Well, they're attacking the, the, no, the, no, they're attacking SUVs because you own an SUV and your SUV. What they say is that SUVs are climate dangers. They create pollution. They're a cause of danger to public safety. SUVs and four by fours are a disaster for our health, our public safety, and our climate. Bigger and bigger cars are dominating our towns and cities. And also a privileged few can flaunt their wealth. And they use that as a justification for deflating the air in your tires and then tacking on a nasty note to you on your car. So you come outside, you see somebody deflating your SUV tires and putting a nasty note on your car. What are you going to do? Well, luckily I live in New York so I can take public transportation. But say I was back in Michigan and they did that, I would say, how am I supposed to get to work? I, this is uh, Michigan is uh, there's no public transportation in Michigan. How how am I supposed to go make a living? And I would tell them you know, that it's not just the like like SUVs, sure, whatever. But they're like there are bigger issues that you like uh, billionaires taking uh, private jets everywhere out of leisure. Like uh, why are you attacking me? I'm just a citizen. I'm just trying to get to work in this city. That's designed for cars i need this you know that's what i would say Mm -hmm. avery you go outside avery you have an suv in your case avery is probably a cadillac escalade right black on black yeah you go outside you see some little one of these little environmental guys he's deflating the air in your escalade he says that your escalade your escalade is a threat to the earth, that you're polluting the earth, that you are a threat to the safety of mankind. And he's going to leave a note on your SUV telling you that you're a miserable person for having one 
after he deflates your tires on your SUV, what are you going to do? Did I did I catch him before he did it? No, you catch him as he's doing it. But it still is like how how far to the end is he from doing it? I don't know. You walk outside and he's deflating your tires. Well, I think they just stick a knife in the side of the tires. So it doesn't really matter how. Oh, so just a steak knife to the tire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's that. Yeah, that's gonna get physical. <laughs> yeah. And also, I'll tell them I, I can you mean, just you, get you're new not gonna, tires. You're not you're not going to stop me from driving this ever again. I'm going I'm going to replace it. I'm gonna, probably going to charge you too. Charge you? You don't charge know who these oh, people not, not, are. Well, I mean, like uh, as in like report you and and have oh, report that's you. What I mean. Yeah. Once you once you once you you're doing too much talking, Diego. Like once you start talking, then you kind of give up that right. Like. Either you get physical or you go to the cops. It's only one or the other. Go to the cops. That's a, okay. I'll, I'll change it. Go to the cops. No, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. It's going to get physical. And if, See, and, I think one of these days, one of these climate people, these climate people are going to run into somebody like Avery, and it's going to be a whole other news story about this. Because well, yeah, you know what? People don't want this, this nonsense. And notice where they do this. They do this up in Baston. Where everybody's cool and you know up in liberal old Boston, they're out there doing this to people's tires. I tell you what, come down up, come down and do this on 125th and that, 8th. That's what I was about to say. Like they, they, they're pretty smart. Like before they, before they deflate the tire, they look into that at, at like the music collection in the in the car to see if it's somebody black or white. <laughs> <laughs> if you say yeah. Al Green, Al Green, Isley Brothers, now nah, let's get somebody else. I'm telling you, man. Come down to certain neighborhoods and start deflating people's tires, and tell them that their cars are bad for humanity. Come on, come on out of Boston. Come to certain places. Go out to go out to South Central L.A. and go to, and go start in South Central L.A. and start de- deflating people's tires, telling them that their cars are bad for humanity. Yeah, we got a whole different news story about that. Mm. Yeah, they know which ones to pick. Coming to your calls, it's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Don't go. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Ah, you know what this is. Boom! Oh, we're staying up? No, but I'm getting up. Time to get up out of this chair. Yes. You can do it at home. You can do the morning dance. I'm doing it in here. Spirit Gyra. This is the halfway point of the show, folks. Every week, it's time to get up. Time to move that body. Shake that thing. Or things. <laughs> Depending. <laughs> You know, the ladies, 
I love the instant feedback I get. The ladies went off on that story about slashing your tires to save the environment. Nursey nurse says, yeah, I'm going to smile, and then I'm going to introduce them to my little friend in the car. (laughs) Mrs. Churchill says, yep, that won't end well. I come out and somebody's slashing my tires, that's not going to end well. And then, yeah, Lisa shares greatest hits. Those tires getting, (laughs) those tires getting slashed. Gonna turn it into a greatest hits. (laughs) Uh, But this is really happening. These people are so obnoxious on the left. They will slash your private property and tell you that your car, your choice of an automobile is bad. And, And this group has not been infiltrated. But, James, having having a flat tire is a bad thing, but having an entire South Boston waterfront underwater, that's going to be a hugely bad thing that's going to affect people. We're all going to know when this hits the fan. And Certain also, people get bailed out and certain people pay for it. Didn't Joe Biden just approve an oil drilling project in Alaska? Yeah. Wouldn't that be cause more damage than an SUV? No. Well, I mean, to them, yes, but to no. And what about all the landfill that all the where, where are all the tires going after they're slashed? Does that is that good for the environment? That's Does a good make point. Mulch out of that. Well, here's the thing. I mean, and remember, we're all supposed to be, according to Joe Biden, now with these new clean air standards, moving away from gas, moving to electric vehicles, and no one ever bothers to answer the question: How are the electric vehicles going to get powered? They're going to need to get powered by fossil fuels. Because that is the way that we make electricity. You don't have enough wind farms in the world, and there will not ever be enough wind farms to fuel the amount of cars that we have if they transition over to electric vehicles. You will require fossil fuels to fuel the cars. This whole movement is based on nonsense that doesn't even pass the logic test. Let's get back to the telephones. Daniel, you have been waiting, my friend. Thank you for your patience. How are you? Pretty good. I think I'm like three years younger than you, something like that. But I graduated high school in 1975. We had almost 500, this is in Pennsylvania, 500 graduates, 497. And we had two sissy boys and one tom girl. So that gender thing, it was there. Okay, let's let's not use terms like sissy boys. Now, I don't take an objection too much to tomboy. I think we all kind of, I hope tomboy is not pejorative because we all used to say, oh, she's a tomboy. You know, we all knew it wasn't anything that was meant in a, in a, in a pejorative manner. It's just that this was an athletic girl. She liked to play sports. She liked to do whatever. She's a tomboy. We didn't, I, we didn't mean anything by it, but the sissy business, come on, let's not do that. But go ahead. What's your point? Yeah, I don't like to use the word either. But the, the uh, reason I'm calling is, are you aware of um, what I'm calling the, the Art Bell nightmare? What is you the Art Bell nightmare? I remember Art Bell as just being this incredible radio guy, by the way, who used to, the last part of his career that he was on the overnights, he used to, um, he used to, he moved over to Manila and he used to do a show from Manila. So it was 12 in the afternoon when it was midnight where he was broadcasting to the United States. But what's the Art Bell night? What's the Art Bell night now? Dealt with the alien visitors abduction thing or whatever. But he said that 
one of his callers said that the people that are abducting him were females, all females from the future. And mm. Art Bell says, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. They're all females. Oh, my God. We ran out of male DNA in our future. Where are we mm. headed right now? We're not headed okay. to running out of male DNA, that's for sure. <laughs> now, there's going to be male DNA. Otherwise, there's no human existence. Period. So that's where we're headed. I'm not worried about that. The aliens, huh? And the chemtrails. That must be who's doing all the chemtrails. It must be the aliens. Folks, you have no idea some of the stuff that's out here. Do you know? I'm going to just, let's delve into kookery for a minute. Let's just go ahead and take the plunge. How many of you have seen the chemtrails? Scott, have you seen the chemtrails? I'm still waiting for somebody to explain to me what, how I know the difference between a chem, chemtrail and a regular contrail. Well, because they look different. Okay. Then no, I haven't seen the chemtrail. Avery, do you know what the chemtrails are? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Give him a second. Avery? Yeah. Yeah, he's busy screening calls. What happened? But do you, do you know what the chemtrails are, Avery? Have you seen chemtrails before? Oh, uh, in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from um, the uh, airplanes. Yeah, but you know what they are, right? Oh, you mean like what conspiracy stuff or like like Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. What they what people are saying the chemtrails are. Well yeah, I mean I've heard a lot of that. I've, I've heard a lot of stuff. I've heard everything from clouds are not really clouds. I've heard all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's a do rat, you believe that's a rabbit you hole question. It? That's a rabbit hole question. <laughs> but do you do you go down the rabbit hole? Do you believe it? No comment. <laughs> Diego uh, You've asked me this before What are chemtrails again? Like I know I know they're vapor trails Those are a thing but like chemtrails is a whole different thing I forgot what it was They're the chemicals that are going to hurt you They're made of all kind of things that That are you know They're like the 5G stuff towers Ooh. You know that 5G You know 5G towers are supposedly really bad for you? Yeah apparently <laughs> Have you heard that? I, heard I that have too. heard, but I haven't heard much detail. Yeah, I heard that too. You heard the 5G towers and what they're doing yeah. to you if you stand under a 5G tower. What do they do to you? Supposedly. They hurt you. They hurt you. How? They have some kind of something in them that hurts you. But, like, is it a... There are people that I... And I know people that refuse to buy... You're texting with one right now. 5G products because it would require that they have... So if you have a phone and it's a 5G phone, they will not buy it because the 5G is dangerous to your health. I remember when it was coming and everybody was like, beware of the 5G. It's going to do A. It's going to do all this stuff to you. But I can see why they would shut it up now because it's, you know, it's kind of out there. So there's no point in, you know. Okay, let's move on to some other popular conspiracy theories. Since he brought up aliens, let's go. Here's another popular conspiracy theory that has made the rounds. Do you know that Joe Biden is not really Joe Biden? Is it like a Paul is dead type of thing? It's he has this person that's in the White House, according to the conspiracy theorists, and there are a few of these people out here, more than one. If you look at his ears, his ears are different. 
than the ears that Joe Biden had a bunch of years ago. And therefore, if you look at two pictures side by side, you'll realize that the Joe Biden that we're seeing now in the White House is a body double. He's not the real Joe Biden. That's what the conspiracy theorists It believe. wouldn't surprise me. Would it would it shock Scott, you? Would are it you, shock you? Please, would it please, shock you if that turned out to be true? Please, please, please tell me you're kidding. I don't necessarily believe that, but if it were to come out that it's true, it, it wouldn't surprise me. You're scaring me. How many me. leaders, you're how many countries me. have done that? And, and Cibo, that's this why isn't I, a new concept. This that's, happens. That's why I got to say no comments. People like you, the way you answer, Bo, you, you, you just made sure a thousand more people was going to stay on the ground. Don't scare me by saying you believe that this could possibly even for one millisecond be true i just think he aged yeah he's 80 yeah, years he old aged. he's old <laughs> and our it's bodies do deep. change when we get old right it's, it's not, not that, that deep. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if it were true why, why would it shock you if the u.s did what like half of the other countries in the world have done over the past hundred years i mean body doubles what country scott you, uh, See, he, he, he's talking about clones, though. He's what? not talking about no, just body I'm talking, doubles. I'm talking about, like, North Korea sending out body doubles and Russia sending out body doubles. Oh, to protect... so Kim Il-sung is not really Kim Il-sung. Kim Il-sung. Uh, Kim Jong-il? That was his daddy. Oh, Kim Il- isn't Kim Il-sung the first one? I don't like, remember. He's Kim the original. Kim Il and Kim Ong and Kim Jong. Okay, but they were not real. Are you, talking, are you talking about clones, Bo, or just body doubles? They're telling me the kooks... I'm sorry. About body doubles. The kooks, the kook, no, the kooks say that Joe Biden running in the White House is not the person in the White House that's doing the decision making. He's a clone. He's pretending to be Joe Biden, but it's not Joe Biden. He's a clone. It's, he's, no, he's a body double. Well, see, that's different. Clone and body double are different. So you believe that the clones exist? No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Bo. You're not going to back me in the corner on this. <laughs> How the hell do you say no comment? Do you believe that clones actually, cloned human beings are running around Earth right now, the clones? We, 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 we're now in Star Wars 5.0, the clones. <laughs> Avery. <laughs> Silence hey, is so telling. <laughs> the Look, silence is great. Do you so? Are you saying that, that the technology does not exist? Dolly the sheep was cloned. We know that cloning is possible. We know cloning is possible. And, and you heard of stem cell research, right? And yeah, and so what does stem cell research have to do with it? So do you not think that that that, that the technology exists after all this time? That the possibility of it exists. It don't. It don't necessarily have to exist. But you, your mind is not open to the possibility of it. No. Okay. I'll tell you what else I don't think exists either. Okay. Oh, and by the way, oh, I'm just being told on instant messaging, clones exist also. They're out here. See? And they're not aliens. They're interdimensional beings. See? You see what you... is the difference? It's a rabbit hole. An ali- it's a what rabbit a hole. Di- uh, you told me. Uh, you warned me. What's the difference between an interdimensional being and an alien? I mean, really, 
Seriously? I guess an alien lives in the same universe as us, just from outside the Earth. But you don't even believe in it, so you can't talk on it. I'm not saying I don't believe I never said that. It's a rabbit hole. I just said that Joe Biden's old. That's what I said. It's a rabbit hole question. You don't have enough show. You don't have enough show. I'm telling you, it, it leads to more questions. The kooks are out here, folks. This is real. <laughs> the kooks, and the kooks are growing in number. Oh, don't go biblical on me. I'm get, I'm Now I'm getting the biblical version of this. What is the biblical version of this? I'll just read you what it says, and then we're going to break, and I will not comment on it because I don't want to be offensive. It says to me, if you understood the biblical narrative and how Satan wants to destroy human DNA, it wouldn't be so funny to you. Oh, boy. We're going to a break. James Golden, which, a.k.a. Which book is the, the book of DNA? Fala la la. Y'all better not be being blasphemous in here. I'm telling you, the kooks are growing in number. We are going to do, one day, we're going to have a kook on. We're going to have a bona fide kook the on. The kooks won't come on the show. Oh, the kooks will come on. You've been begging the kook to come on the show. They'll definitely come have, on. We're going to have kooks on the show. We're going to have a kook hour. So you can hear from the kooks yourself. James Golden, that case, Nerdly. We're coming back right after this. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Apparently, there's a kook conference that's being held today. One of my friends just texted I'm on my way to a kook conference. Well, I didn't say kook conference. He just said a conference that deals with all of this. So I'm just calling it a kook conference. The kooks have their own conventions. You know, we need to get we need to get an inside microphone into one of the kook conventions. Is that what they call it? Is it? No, they don't call it a kook convention. Kook, kook Fest twenty three. Oh, you know what? We should sponsor that. We should do that, like a kook. What happened to Luther? We should we should do we, we should do that. Luther's heavenly birthday was earlier this week. Marcus Miller playing bass. I think Marcus produced this one. I really, we should do that. We should host the first ever Radio Coop conference one Saturday. Let's invite, uh, this is a great idea. Would you like to do this? We should invite all the kook experts and let them tell us their theories. We should do the kook political experts. Then we should do, like, the kook health experts and do the whole 5G. Like the real ones or, or your like friends? Like the real ones. And get the friends, too. Let's get the real expert kooks on. And then let them go. Let's just listen to the kooks for one Saturday. And we'll call it our kook conference. 
And if it's a hit, we can take that show on the road. <laughs> Kook, Kook Live. Kookville. You know, get some live music, the kooks. You know, get a band together. The, Diego, you can start the band, the kooks. Hey, Bo, man, don't. What? Leave yourself some room, okay? Just in case you're wrong. Leave yourself a little room <laughs> to, to, to jump over to the other side. Just in case, Bo. Just in case. Leave yourself a little room. Don't rule everything out. Leave it a little. Just in case they come flying from the sky. Leave yourself a little room. And then we can have the QAnon people. And are they still around? Do we still have QAnon people? Oh, the QAnons are still out okay. here. I don't hear much about them anymore. Yeah, because they went politically out of they went dark after the whole, they went they went dark after the whole election thing blew up. The QAnon people went dark. They're still out there. And then Avery's telling me leave myself room. Leave yourself a little room, man. Little, just a little. Just leave yourself a little room, man. Trust me, just a little piece of advice. Okay. You don't know what's you out like there. The, do you like the idea of us doing a kook conference here? I love it, actually. You see, that that we're, we're, that wouldn't fall under leaving yourself a little room. Okay, we're gonna do it. I don't know how we're, we're gonna start planning for this. Hold on. Now, you may not want to tell minute. them that it's a kook con- contest when you're or a, a conference when you're inviting them. You might want to listen to this. You may have to hang your head in shame one day. Maybe the kooks have something. That's what they, I'm telling you. Like, they like, believe they believe in kindness, patriotism, and a better tomorrow. No, they don't. I think that's awfully They general. believe in that's kookery. Sweep, that's a sweeping statement. That is a sweep. Do you believe in aliens? Anything is possible. I believe that there are other life forms that exist. I do believe that. Now, do I believe they're walking around on Earth? Do you know how would you long? Know, would you really know? Do you know how long it would take for us to get to the nearest star? But why are you measuring by us, though? Like, have you seen the people on the subways and stuff? Like, you can't measure by us. What? It's pretty. Yeah, it's a pretty arrogant way of measuring. You know, us? looking at life that we know everything. That I didn't say we know everything. I'm just talking about basic physics. Maybe we don't understand do you, basic physics. Man. Maybe we don't. Come on. You know, uh, playing devil's advocate, yeah, like like maybe maybe we don't know everything, you know? We can't even figure out a COVID vaccine. We can't figure <laughs> out the science on that. You're going to tell me that the speed of light is for sure? If you, if this you, is the fastest you can go? If you believe that there are like intelligent life forms out there, Bo, leave yourself a little room, man. Trust me. Of course, I believe that there that we are quote unquote not alone. Okay, leave yourself. We live in man. a mega. Look, we. I, I just don't look. If any, if you know the size of just the just our universe alone, and just our galaxy alone is behind beyond the comprehension of most of our minds. We live in a galaxy that has over seven hundred billion planets in just this galaxy. And there are more galaxies than we can count. So, of course, I don't believe that we are just isolated, the only form of life in all of God's wondrous and mighty creation. And so not one of those planets could master interstellar travel. And it's not possible that we're so stupid that we don't recognize that there are aliens everywhere around us. Kooks. The kooks are winning.
The kook. We're going to do the kook convention. <laughs> now, because there's different degrees of kooks. There's some kooks that I don't want to be in the same building as, but then there's kooks that I talk to. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta rate them. And, and you gotta rate them. And apparently you have been talking to them. You gotta rate them, boy. You can't just bring all, invite all of them. I'm telling you. Some will, some will make you uneasy. <laughs> you, you, you tell security, watch that one. <laughs> and then some will make sense. They like almost get you on their side. I'm telling you, there's different levels. Yeah, the 5Gs. Don't stand under the 5G towers. Oh, boy. Um, let's go to Mary Beth in Long Island. How are you, Mary Beth? Oh, hi. Good morning, Bo. How are you? I'm good. Good. Um, two things, if you don't mind. Um, first of all, Derek Hunter is really getting on my nerves. <laughs> really big time. He's so negative. He's so negative, and that's what people dislike about conservatives. You're positive. We have a lot of negative things to talk about, but you're always positive, and Rush Thank was you. always positive. He He's annoying to me. I'm sorry. He's really a nasty, nasty man. Unless I love it's Derek. an act on the radio. Well, Derek maybe is he's a good nice guy. Man. He's a family yeah. guy. You know one of the reasons I love Derek? He has a, Derek says a lot of things in sarcasm that are meant to tweet people, and they're sarcastic. And you have to really just listen very carefully when he's tweaking us and when he's not. Derek has a way of words like nobody else. This is one of the reasons. Derek was the last guest host, last new guest host that we had introduced on the Rush Limbaugh program because he has an unusual wittiness. And I assure you that he's very, that he's very analytical. But just give him more time. He, Derek's going to grow on you. I love Derek, and we all love, which is why we have him on. But I thank you for your analysis. What's the second thing you wanted to bring up, Mary Beth? Okay, thank you. And I do listen to him, Bo. And I, I do understand sarcasm because I'm from a family that had sarcastic humor. Avery is hysterical. Avery should be on the, the comedy. He's very funny. But here's what I wanted to ask you, so forgive me. Um, this is becoming an all-boys network how is Princess Di? Is she coming back? I really hope she and her family are well, and, and I hope she's she's coming back. Princess Di will join us at some point. Princess Di lost her husband. She was with him through his illness, and we, we talked about that. I talked to Princess Di yesterday. She's doing as well as can be expected, and um, she sends her love, and I'm going to send her all of your love. And Princess Di will come back. And I have other people that are chiming in. They love Derek, so don't, but, and Mary, Mary Beth, I love you. So thank you for your call. We're coming back. James Golden, A.K. Snurley. Don't go away. Hour three coming up. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, 
It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to our number trio. On our Saturday morning, a radio extravaganza. 800-848-WABC is the number to call in this hour. We will hear from America's small caffeinated mom. I'm going to do something unusual and take a call very close to the beginning of this hour because I don't want this guy to get away. We've been giving away concert tickets all week. And I have another pair to give away, and we might as well actually do it soon, like now. So, here we are. Get ready for a night of classic tunes with Herman's Hermits, starring Peter Known, along with the Buckinghams, coming to Bergen Pack on Saturday, June 17th. I'm into something good, sunshine girl, kind of a drag. Mercy, mercy, mercy. If you're the seventh caller, right now, 800-848-WABC, it'll be you going to see Herman's Hermits and the Buckingham singing all of their hits. That show... Is Saturday, June 17th at Bergen Pack. That's the seventh caller right now, 800 8489 All of the Bergen Pack shows, you can go to bergenpack.org. Bergenpack.org. Check out everybody they've got in their lineup, and they have some great shows. Bergenpack.org. Right now, seventh caller, Herman's Hermits, the Buckinghams on June 17th. And let's go to the phones. We have a previous contest winner with us, Chris from the Catskills. How are you, Chris? Hey, good morning, James. I went to the uh, John Cicada show last night, and it was interesting. Uh, I had heard his one top hit song before, uh, but it wouldn't necessarily be a concert I'd go and spend money to see and it was uh i got a i was in a line of cars where we were all doing between 80 and 90 for a good stretch of the throughway so i made it down there in about an hour and 25 minutes and uh it was an interesting uh, show he he's got a great voice i didn't know his background he talked about his background in uh cabaret and writing songs for gloria gloria stefan and ricky martin and earth wind and fire and he performed uh like four songs that he had written for those people. And uh, it, it, the concert was a little short. It was maybe about an hour and a half, a little less. But uh, he strikes me as a guy who's very successful, has his uh, has his head screwed on straight, and was able to navigate through the ebbs and flows of being a, a singer and entertainer like he is. Wow. Was it worthwhile? Did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. I have a friend of mine who got, from my hometown who got third place in the voice uh, about two and a half years ago. And he's in Nashville right now working as a songwriter. So I hope my friend has uh similar success. And, and my friend had some addiction problems when he was young and he went to a rehab and, and 
got himself sober and he's been sober now for seven years. And he's, uh, I see some similarities, different genre of music, but my friend has a very, very unique voice. And uh, he had Blake Sheldon was the only person that picked him. And he very easily could have gotten second that year. But I think out of uh, all the contestants from that season on The Voice, he's the one that's doing the most with uh, his musical career. Uh, He's down in Nashville now. Wonderful. Always glad to hear people on the rise. John Cicada is one of my favorite singers, by the way. I love John Cicada, which is why we did an interview with him earlier in the week. And John was great. He was just marvelous, very generous with his time. John is uh, John Cicada has a great history. He didn't get here overnight. This is a guy who went to school for music. He taught music. He did the laboring work, writing for other people and working with other people before that first massive album, Just Another Day Without You. And his follow-up album, was just equally as successful. Life, love, and songs, as I believe, is the title. Um, he and a voice. He is just an amazing singer. Those of you that know music and that know or, or, or know what you're listening to, and I don't mean that to be insulting, but I mean if you really understand a lot of the theory behind music, and you understand what it takes for a vocalist to be able to climb through three, four, five octaves. When you listen to Cicada sing, for instance, in falsetto, he is a strong falsetto singer. But then he can drop down from falsetto right into a tenor range just immediately. This doesn't happen without a lot of practice. This is like a person that has worked and worked and worked at his craft. And he's effortlessly, and he does a fusion of music that uh, tells you where his influences came from. We also talked to him about his family history. His father, you know, was a political prisoner in Cuba. And he talked to us briefly about his family's journey. They couldn't get to the States right away. And how grateful he and his family are to be in the United States of America and how much he loves the freedom here. And here's a guy that, that left Cuba at age eight. Dad, a political prisoner. And look what he has risen to. His music is just, it's, I love his music. I love his Spanish. He's one of the few artists I listen to his Spanish albums in their entirety the same way that I listen to his English albums. And I love everything. I, I cannot think of one album that he's ever done that I don't like. He's an amazing, uh, amazing singer. And we do have a winner, by the way, for the Bergen Pack show with Herman Sermons. That's in June 17th. We have a winner. So if you want to call about anything else now, you can. And those of you on hold will get to I want to run through a few headlines. Thanks for the call, Chris. I'm glad you called and gave us your review. Oh, by the way, Mary Beth, uh, Derek texted and he says he agrees with you. <laughs> that he hates himself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And <laughs> All right. A Texas school, ladies and gentlemen, has banned backpacks from middle and high school students. From middle and high schools. There are no more backpacks. 
what they're going to do is they're going to check them if you bring them very differently. You're not allowed to actually bring them in the school. You can bring them to school, get your stuff, and then reclaim the, the backpacks after you leave. That's a security measure. Headline number two. Attorneys for Hunter Biden expected to meet next week with prosecutors involved in the probe. As I said before, this Hunter Biden thing is heating up. You're not going to see it on the mainstream press. That's because our mainstream press is so corrupt. But attorney for President Joe Biden's son, Hunter, expected to meet next week with federal prosecutors in Delaware, discuss the status of the criminal investigation into the younger Biden, multiple sources familiar with the matter told ABC News. He's been under investigation for possible tax-related offenses. The meeting comes. Scott, dig this. This is ABC News in print. Well, so they are kind of reporting on it. Dig this. The meeting comes amid a complaint to Congress filed by an IRS employee seeking whistleblower status that alleges the case has been mishandled. But they won't report the full thing. That is the that he's alleging that the Attorney General of the United States is involved in mishandling the case. Wow. These are lies of admission, omission. Most guys know what let me ask Avery, because this is should be right up his alley. This is really this one should be right up his alley. Say, Avery, do you know, Avery, what a lie of omission is? Yeah. Explain it to us. A lie of omission is when you don't say something and you are not you are not forthcoming with information that you feel will maybe hurt the other party. Well, generally, you don't you're not forthcoming with information that you feel won't benefit you. Boom. Boom. And that is what today's mainstream press is very often. A lie of omission. So they're not telling us. They don't tell their audience about the potential involvement of the Attorney General of the United States of America into these allegations that the Hunter Biden case has been interfered with by Merrick Garland. It is a lie of omission. There's half the country that doesn't know this because it's not reported by their quote-unquote media. It is disgraceful that that is the condition of American journalism. That you can have a story of that magnitude and it not be reported. We mentioned earlier that Chris Christie is now trying to, he was up in New, in one of the early states, whether it was, I think it was New Hampshire or Iowa, he's openly saying now he's trying to determine whether he should run, that they better start hitting Trump hard. He's the guy that can hit Trump hard. You want to be Trump light if you don't hit him hard. You're just being Trump light, and why should voters go for Trump light? So Chris Christie wants to be the man. I ask you. You all know Chris Christie better than anybody else in the country. 
Are you going to elect Chris Christie to be the Republican nominee? Do you think Chris Christie has a chance of being the nominee? We reported on this one yesterday. I want to briefly report on it again today because I want to keep it out there. It has been leaked that the FBI is not releasing the manifesto from the transgender shooter that shot up children and educators at a Christian school in Nashville because, oh, it's too dangerous. And we got that leak from a councilwoman in Nashville. This was a trial balloon, in my view. Somebody in the FBI told her that. She's floating that one out there as a trial balloon to see if we're going to buy it. That it's too, oh, no, no, this is too deadly. Too deadly. That manifesto is too deadly. We can't let it out in public. Elon Musk. You'll find the story at the Daily BS today. Elon Musk reveals he's personally paying for three celebrities to keep their blue Twitter checks. The left is melting down. We talked about that in the first hour. The actress, who I've never seen in anything and wouldn't know if I did anyway, Alisa, what's her name? Alana. Well, yeah, her. She's one of the ones whining, wah, wah. I have to pay $8 a month. Why? Can I sue Elon Musk if somebody if somebody pretends to be me on Twitter? Why? Pay the freaking $8 and stop yapping, please. Anyway, the left is having a meltdown because Elon took their little blue check marks away. Somebody did, by the way. Um, somebody, where did I hear this? I either heard this on the news or read it. Someone within hours of the blue check mark being taken off of one of New York City agencies, somebody did put up a false account. So that could be interesting. Another headline from American Wire News, new Twitter files drop brings long-promised hammer to Fauci. With the promise of more to come, the walls may be starting to close in. on Dr. Anthony Fauci. The latest Twitter file shows the former top medical advisor to President Joe Biden lied when he insisted that he never used Twitter and was clueless when it came to using the popular social media app. Oh, so Dr. Fauci told a fib, eh? This story is a disappointment to me. The Republican Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, and his office are reviewing information regarding the Red Cross. The Red Cross. After a Daily Caller News Foundation report found the organization has been handing out guides for migrants trying to enter into the United States illegally from the southern border. It's not it's an informal informal investigation at this point. 
But the Red Cross is also on the Federal Emergency Management Agency's uh, uh, board of their food and shelter program. They hand out millions of taxpayer dollars, and supposedly the the allegation is that they've been giving guides to illegal immigrants on how to do it, how to get in and get bennies. That story you can find at thedailybs.com, thedailybs.com, of course, which is my website. We do twice-a-day news blast if you want to sign up for them, dailybs.com. There's a Wall Street Journal Journal article, I'm not going to read it, commenting on the, the plague of bad reporting, bad journalism around this continued attack on Justice Clarence Thomas. Dick Durbin is trying to force Chief Justice John Roberts to come before the Senate Judiciary Committee and testify. And this is setting up some tensions between the branches. The judiciary is an independent branch, and yes, Congress has oversight, but what they're trying to do here is purely a political move. And it's not being met, this this notion that Justice Roberts should come up and then have to listen to a whole lot of bad mouth about Clarence Thomas not going over well. And this whole thing against Clarence Thomas is just another racist attack that Democrats are launching on Clarence Thomas. There is nothing to these stories. Nothing. It's yet another political attack, and that's all it is. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurling. More of your calls coming back. Don't go away. This is the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Yeah, what you gonna do? I don't know. You wanna get on? Yo, you wanna, you wanna get on? I'll tell you what. I wanna get out. Yeah. I want to get out. Let's do it. Let's do that thing. Cool in the game. JT doing the vocals. Yes. Get your back up off the wall. How you gonna do it if you really don't wanna dance by standing on the wall? Get your back up off the wall. I heard all the people saying, Get down on it, come on in. If you really want it, get down on it. You gotta feel it. Get down on it, get down on it. Come on in, Man, you gotta, you know, Derek, you gotta give me some take my heart. Diego, you got to throw me some take my heart. You know, we're going to rock and get down on it. We're going to groove with Kuno and the gang. Give me some mix. 
If there ever come a time when you feel real nice. I feel real nice right now. Let someone know that you really appreciate I want to let you know how much I appreciate you. All you have to do is I just want to moan for you. That's right, baby. Like right now. Come on and take my heart. It's all yours if you want it, baby. My heart is tearing all apart. I say, you can have it. Yeah. You can have it. If you want it. If you want it. Come and get it, baby. Just get it. Come on and get it. All right, let's head back to the telephones here on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Mac in New Jersey. How are you, Mac? I'm well. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, I really didn't have a question prepared for you, but I apparently I was calling number seven. So you're the contest winner. Well, congratulations. You're going to go see Herman's Hermits. And you're going to call... You're going to call us afterwards, okay, and give us a review of the concert. How's that? I can definitely do that. All right. Well, thank you. I'm glad you won. Thank you for listening. And give us a call after Herman's Hermit. Let us know how it was. Appreciate you. Glenn in Asbury Park, how are you? Okay, Bo. Hey, uh, I uh, recommended to your screen of the uh, song by the Stylistics, Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time? Delphonics. Some of the... That's the Delphonics. That's the Delphonics. That's the Delphonics from their third album. That is Delphonics, Didn't I Blow Your Mind This Time, Tom Bell, uh, one of the composers on it, produced by Tom Bell for the Philly Groove label. And that song has been done over. You know who did a version of that song that I really like? Uh, Patti LaBelle did a version of that song that's really nice. Millie Jackson has a hysterical version. I can't play it on here because of some of the language. But it is hysterical. So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll play uh, some Delphonics for you. Didn't I mind the stylistics? Now, your ear may have been fooled because Tom Bell also did this. He Delphonics was the first group that brought Tom Bell onto the scene. And then the stylistics. He did the style. He did a lot of work with the stylistics. All their big hits. Um, uh, let's see, let's see the big hits. Your big girl now was their first single, and that put them on the map. And then there came a slew of hits: "Break Up to Make Up," um, uh, "You're as Right as Rain." Uh, it's so many hits. You make me feel brand new. There was one to me that should have been a hit on the Rock and Roll Baby album. That was, that's where uh, You Make Me Feel Brand New was a hit. There's a song on there that, that didn't hit, and I always thought, I wondered why. Because it, it was, it's called Love Comes Easy. And it is just such a beautiful song. We're going to put it in the library one day. Love Comes Easy by the Stylistics and just let you hear it. Beautiful song. 
But it was Tom Bell, and in some cases, Linda Creed was uh, working with him as his lyricist. And then he did move from there, did The Spinners, Elton John. I mean, Tom Bell, to me, if those of you that listen to the show know that Tom Bell, I hold in musical reverence. He is an amazing, was an amazing composer, an amazing musician, amazing arranger, and songwriter. So thanks. We will add that into the library. Let's go to Bob in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Bob, thank you for waiting. Thank you for being here. Good morning, Bo. Boy, what a pleasure this is. And I want to say Rush Limbaugh was my hero, but now you are. And thank you for being our voice, Bo. Oh, thank you. In this troubled world. Now, I got some really interesting things to tell you. I'll try not to take too much time, but... When I get done, I'd appreciate if they could give me uh, off air um, the radio station address so I could send you a copy of this. And uh, I'd also like, uh, when I do send it, to have you put some things in there like um, where the Republicans are going to gather in for rallies in New Jersey or events so I could go to them and mingle with people of my own. Uh, I'm a big Trump uh, supporter. I love Jim Jordan, Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram, Judge Janine, Rudy Giuliani, and Bo Snurdly. Well, thank and, you. Uh, so let's get to your point because the clock is ticking and right, America's small caffeinated mamas here. Here's okay, the point. Okay, Bo. Um, I was looking through a thing on the planets, a brochure. I know a lot about the planets. And I came to this part, and boy, the the light went on. It says... The solar system travels in a path around the Milky Way center. The last time our solar system was in the same current spot in the Milky Way was during the days of the dinosaurs. So we're in the hot spot. And they're trying to tell us that man is causing the climate change. And I claim that this is partly what's causing it, because when the dinosaurs were here, as you know, Bo, there were no people, no cars, no factories. So how did that happen? The only thing we cause on this earth, probably, is some respiratory uh, ailments like in the big cities, like uh, L.A. and, and Chicago and New York, you know, asthma, maybe from the car exhaust. But we have no control over this. We're in the hot spot. That's why the climate is a little warmer. And we're just going to have to roll with the punches because man can't control this earth. And and by the way, earth is a part of this Milky Way galaxy. So we're in the spot. It says for the first time ever since the days of the dinosaurs. Now, interesting. Now, here's what you were just pointing out, that there are so many cyclical patterns that we do not fully comprehend the impact, like the cyclical panel of how the orbit of the solar system, think about that, that our solar system is orbiting inside this galaxy. Not to mention, where is the galaxy moving? Not to mention... The other things. Do you know we're also in an age where the polarity of Earth is changing from North Pole to South Pole? 
There are so many factors that go into this. The complexity of God's creation is truly astounding. Delphonics, take us in. Didn't I blow your mind on WABC? Coming back, America's small caffeinated mom. Don't go away. This is the Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. Ah, yes, one of the favorites from the golden era of music, Motown, Martha Reeves, and the Vandellas, Heat Wave on WABC Talk Radio 77. Yeah, Diego, you know what? I hope you're checking out this upright bass, because that is not... Yeah, right? I actually have been meaning to buy an upright bass to, to work on it. Because I've, I've only done electric bass all my life. Yeah, this is an upright bass. Yeah. WABC Talk Radio 77, time for America's small caffeinated mom, Rhonda Schrock. How are you, Rhonda? Good morning, James. I'm great. I just want to tell that caller, Mary, what's her name? This isn't quite Mary an all-boys network. Yes, Mary Beth. This is not quite an all-boys network <laughs> because there's a curly-headed, caffeinated girl in the house. So I'm happy to be here. And we're very, very happy to have you here, Rhonda. Oh. I'm also looking forward to having Princess Di return. I really missed her analysis. And uh, as far as Mary Beth's comments about Derek, uh, what I love about Derek is not only his humor, but I can tell he's a family man. The day he said that he has to brush cats and kids off of him so that he can write, that's what I knew he really (laughs) 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 That tickled me. And I wonder uh, if Derek would know what the fastest land mammal is on the planet. I saw that 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 fact came to me this week when I saw one of the stories I wanted to tell you about. Did you see the security breach at the White House? Did you read that? Yeah, the little kid that that got through the gate, that got yeah. through the, the fence. A toddler squiggled through two pickets of the fence, and of course, it was a boy toddler. Of course. And yeah, of course it was. And, it, well, the Secret Service response really tickled me. Their spokesman came out with a statement later, and he said, we were going to wait until we learned to talk to question him, but in lieu of that, he got a timeout and was sent on his way with his parents. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, yeah, that tickled me. But it, it gave me flashbacks of our own toddlers who were, like I said, the fastest land mammals on the planet. I don't know if there was ever a shopping trip that we went on where somebody didn't disappear. And I mean, 
I'm an owl. I can swivel my neck 360 watching those those guys. But, you know, they were just so fast. And one of them actually triggered a code atom at a Walmart one day. Do you know what a code atom is? I have no idea what a code atom is. Oh, my Lord. I was there with a baby. What, what is a code atom? Well, it's when a child disappears and they put out a call across the store saying all associates drop what you're doing and look for this child. Well, I oh. had a baby. Yes, I had a baby with me and one who was mobile. And the one who was mobile was in his little blue jeans and he was wearing a Santa hat. It's just what he wanted to wear that day to go shopping. And all of a sudden he was gone. And I could not run the aisles because I had an infant in a car seat. So I ran to contact an employee and there went a code at him. All employees drop what you're doing. Look for a boy in a Santa hat. Oh my Lord. It was, was mortifying. But before that it was terrifying, you know, cause when they're out of your sight, so finally, here he came holding the hand of a little old lady, and his spirits were drooping about as far as his little Santa hat. Uh, it was, oh, that's an adrenaline rush I don't need to have again. But anyway, they they were oh. very prolific. Anyway, I didn't know that they a, had. I didn't know that they had cold items because I well, I would be re, I would have been responsible for a few of them for my mom. <laughs> No, I'm not kidding. This was like the, oh, look, this was, this was, no, I'm serious. This was Rhonda. They, it was, it was like, there were two things that they dreaded. One, mom's taking us to the big, you know, the big retail store. Back when I was a kid, we used to go to this store called Great Eastern Mills. And two, maybe once out of every three or four times that we went there, I would get lost. I would just go away from her and just start wandering off. And it always turned into the other one was the church picnic. We had a church picnic every year. And no matter what, I would go some, I would just start wandering and end up having to, it was always a thing. And it's like, okay, after the first few times you begin to wonder, is this boy mentally (laughs) ill? We keep telling him. Stop doing this. And every time we take him out, and then when I turned into a teenager, it didn't stop. Then oh. I had a bicycle. Then I had a bicycle. And you were so, a nightmare. So the bicycle was, James, we need you here by X and X o'clock. X and X o'clock would come by. Where's James? Nobody knows oh. where James is. And so one, what finally, I think, I think what finally did it with that was, I mean, cause I, you know, we got, I hate to say the words. I didn't just get spanked. We got, I got, we got toe up. Okay. I got toe up. So one day I'm off on the bike and you can imagine what happens, Rhonda. Uh I am way overdue, way overdue Mm -hmm. to be home. I had my bike. I went to another county on my bike. Oh, no. Yeah, and so I'm coming back home on my bike, and I'm like, damn, I'm late. You know, and I pull up, and the whole family is standing by the car, and they're dressed up. Oh, no. Oh, no. Some Somebody either had died. I forget what. There was some family emergency that everybody, that we had to get dressed and go to and for over an hour, they're waiting. Oh, no. Oh, and I'm, no. Oh, 
M G. You're out my, candy hopping and they're waiting on you. My oh. dad my dad lit my ass up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it is well, it's terrifying when they disappear. It takes years off your life. It does. Yeah. One of one of our others scrambled away when we were having our annual spring festival in town and we were busy holding a big family garage sale and he and his little toddler cousin they just disappeared. We were literally running the streets screaming their names. It was it was horrifying. Aren't anyway, boys fun? Oh, yeah. Fun. It'll be fun, they said. You'll love it, they said. <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, it was a rush. But that's what, that's what that all triggered. I thought that was kind of a heartwarming story. But the irony of a $64 million fence around the people's house that could be penetrated by a toddler, I, that, just, that just tickled me. Anyway, the other story I wanted to just mention to you, James, was about uh, the Covenant School shootings, actually. I saw a post this week um, written by best-selling author Karen Kingsbury, who lives in that area. And she was talking about how the uh, as the families a week ago, they came together for the first time at the church. And there were two sentences further down in her piece that caught my eye. She said, and get this, something you will not hear on the news a number of Covenant families anonymously pulled together to pay for the shooter's funeral because what? Jesus says, love your enemies. Whoa, what? Whoa, what? What? Karen Kingsbury, uh, I don't know if you know who she is. She's a uh, very well-known Christian author, best-selling. She lives in that area. and I, She may even have some grandchildren at the school. But down in that piece was, were those two lines. Repeat that, please. She, th- this is verbatim. She said, uh, something you will not hear on the news, a number of covenant families anonymously pulled together to pay for the shooter's funeral because Jesus says, love your enemies. And that struck me, and I've been thinking ever since about the power of forgiveness and on the flip side, the power of bitterness. And I thought of um, Martin Luther King's famous words, you know, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. I, I just thought, you know, if if people who have just come through a brutal attack like that can find it, at least some of the people can find it in their hearts to consider the enemy's family, then perhaps the rest of us can choose to let some things go. I I know that forgiveness is so hard. And I read something years ago that helped me with it. The author said, it can feel like by forgiving the other person, you're letting them off the hook, but you're not really. You're just moving them from your hook over onto God's hook. And in that, it frees us up. I actually did a little research this week on bitterness and how it affects us physically. Johns Hopkins has an interesting article on the physical effects of bitterness. It can increase, well, if you're chronically angry, it affects your heart rate, your blood pressure, and your immune system. And if you stay there for a long period of time, you will have an increased risk of depression, heart disease, diabetes, and a number of other conditions. So even physically, 
the act of forgiving is good for us. And it's something we don't have to do all in one shot. That, that sometimes is just too hard, but we can practice it. Wow. Rhonda, where can we find your essay? Uh, it will be on the dailybs.com. Rhonda Schrock, as always, where can people find you, your website? Yes, rondashrock.com. Uh, Schrock is S-C-H-R-O-C-K. Thank you so much, James. Rhonda, thank you. God bless you, my dear. And it's not a boys' club. We have Rhonda and Princess Di right. still here with us. Thank you. <laughs> James right. Golden AK Sternley, we're coming back. Don't go away. Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC. So my friend that drugs her kid, used to drug her kid when she took him on planes, you know what they used to do when they went out? They put him on a harness. A harness. Like, you know, like a leash. Like, who does this to their kids? But then, now we learn the backstory. She says that her mom used to use a Tupperware spoon on her because unlike wooden spoons, Tupperware spoons don't break when you hit your kid with them. Now the story becomes clearer. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. So glad you're here. Remember Bo Snurley's Rush Hour every weekday, 4 p.m. Let's go to Staten Island, shall we, and Gail. Hi, Gail. Good morning, James. You know, I was listening to your show yesterday. You said in, you said you didn't believe in carpet bombing and boycotts. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Where does that get us? The left wing controls our media for an agenda, i.e. looking to get rid of AM conservative radio. We cannot see any more full C-SPAN hearings. I heard a a host of one of the major news stations say she's not even going to play the hearings. She'll let us know what matters. That's nuts. We had a Hollywood scripted Dino De Laurentiis extravaganza with music over the hearings on the one-sided slander of January 6th. And um, now they're looking to get rid of, uh, and only the people that can um, not hear uh, cable TV, they can only see non-paying cable TV. And now what they're doing to Clarence Thomas, how many people have gone, you know, to their wealthy friend's uh, vacation home? You know, um, uh, it's just ridiculous, Bo. And I Let me explain to what you- I mean by that, Gail. Okay. And I'm glad you brought it up. I was around when the Hush Rush movement started. I was around when all these attempts were to take Rush's show off the air. You have no idea the pressure that has been put on talk radio sales because of these boycotts and how people have hurt talk radio with these boycotts, these organized bot boycotts. From the left, and they're not even real people. They're organized, directed toward advertising campaigns. So, yes, I am very leery about boycotts, but I'm also very pro-freedom. 
as I said when this Budweiser thing started, by the way, that, that the, the, the young uh, gal there that uh, didn't like the fratty boys, we want to get rid of the fratty boys, she's on a leave of absence now. And, I, and some guy, marketing executive, Bud, uh, Bud has taken her place. So I guess the frat boys get another victory. But anyway, I said that I don't tell people what they should or should not consume. I'm for people being smart enough to know for themselves what to do if you give them the information. So that's, I'm not saying I'm opposed, I'm opposed to products being boycotted when it's, and like this thing with Bud, this was an organic thing that grew. There was no organized attempt to, ooh, let's go kill off Bud. This grew from their consumers being ticked off with the way that they were, uh, that they felt they had been treated by the company. I'm not opposed to that, but I am not a person that goes for these organized boycotts. Let's tear down this company and cancel this one because of that. I also said I'm not in favor of carpet bombing. Let me explain this. If you listen to me carefully, you will not hear me making personal attacks on people very often. And when I do, I have to beg for forgiveness because as a principal, I don't believe in that. I want to attack people's issues, and the issues are important to me. Not attacking somebody, not making fat jokes on a politician that's overweight who happens to think he's a better choice for president. I don't do the, the jokes like that. I'm not trying to do jokes on people's looks. I'm not trying to do, now I will talk about the kooks, but even then I don't make it personal. I'll talk about the kooks, but nothing personal. What I am for is defeating your political opponents with ideas. Defeat them. And I never said let them off the hook. I want liberalism defeated. But I want it defeated on the grounds that it is not good for people. It is the most harmful political choice that you can make. And it impacts people's lives negatively. But I'm not for this carpet bombing and trying to destroy people's lives because you oppose them politically. I don't do that. I don't engage in that. And I don't like it. And I think that this country, we need to back off all this attacking people and trying to destroy people because they think differently than we do. I think it's okay to want to defeat them. And I want that defeat. And I'm going to do everything I can to defeat the left and defeat their ideas. But I'm not about trying to carpet bomb people and make it a personal thing and attack them. And that's all I meant by that, Gail. I'm going to give you the last word. Gail? Yeah, I'm here. Hello? Okay, go ahead, Gail. Okay, so I understand. And now they want to have a hearing against Clarence Thomas? What's all these hearings? And you heard me talk about that. It's ridiculous. And we should be defending Clarence Thomas. He did absolutely nothing wrong here. This is just another political attack and defeat them politically. And that's what I said, and I agree with that, Gail. I love you. Thank you for calling, my dear. Let's go to Jerry in New Jersey. How are you, Jerry? Hey, how's everything, Bo? Um, great interview this week with John. That was a super interview. Next time you have him on, please ask him about his uh, education, his music education. He, he touched on it briefly, but that gentleman uh, had, had been through a lot of traveling as a kid, escaped Cuba as a kid. His father was a uh, 
a, a pro capitalist, and look what came out of it. Fantastic. To, to change pace, quick story about uh, Cool and the gang grew up in Jersey City down in the junction. That was their hangout area. Went over to some friend's house. They had bought three old brownstones. They fixed up the three. The middle brownstone was set up as a recording studio. Go down there as a uh, avid young drummer, fresh out of college. And who's there but Mel and Mel from, from Cool and the Gang. And I got to jam with them for about two hours. It was a highlight of my life. And it nice. Music scene. It was very cool, very cool. That's awesome, man. Appreciate that great story. Thank you. Let's go where we started out almost with Derek when we were talking about the screaming baby on the plane with Sandra in New Jersey. How are you, Sandra? Oh, hi, Bo. I was going to talk about something else, like Carrie Lake getting, um, you know, really uh, accosted by the morning sh- by uh, yeah, by uh, what's yeah. his face, Mika, Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough. And Joe Scarborough. Yeah. yeah, in the airport. Not nice. Not, Not nice, nice at all. But if you want to hear my story, I wasn't sure if I should tell it. But you know that man on the plane, he got upset. All right, I understand the baby was screaming a lot, but there's nothing you can do in a plane. But an incident happened to me where I came out of the swimming pool, I went into the locker room, and that's usually where it's quiet time, showers, steam room, sauna. I'm taking my shower, and in the locker room, this child is screaming for really about 20 minutes, and it was really, really becoming stressful. So I put my head out of the shower, and I said, why don't you take your baby home? She obviously doesn't want to be here. So that's all I said. I, my voice was raised so she could hear me. The next thing I know, the day before Passover, I get a letter from the building saying that I can't use the gym for the next five days. That's my punishment. No one ever came to me to tell me that I did something wrong. I don't even know who told on me. I don't even know who the mother was of that child. And I wrote a letter to, I, you know, I paid the, I, I didn't go for five days because I wasn't going to go anyway. I, I've got to stop you right there. The solution is Benadryl. That's it. Time's up for us. Thank you for being with us. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you and your families. We'll be back Monday, God willing, for the Boston Early Rush Hour at 4 o'clock. Remember to sign up for the DailyBS.com. Love, gratitude. Thank you for being here. Thank you for my amazing crew. Best in the business. See you Monday. Bye.